You're giving Isabella far too much credit. All right, Sam, I have a question. Yes. What's your favorite question to ask people? See, that's a question I actually ask people. Um, yeah. That might, that might actually be one of my answers. <laughs> um, getting to ask people, it's less of that, but asking people what, if you, had, if you had to get to know someone in a limited amount of time, what's a question you would ask them? Okay. Um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, honestly, it's rotating. It just mm -hmm. depends on the day. Uh, most recently, probably one of the favorite questions has been, um, what's currently burdening your soul? That's a good one. Uh, that, that, that's been one of the most recent ones um, that just came into my head um, came ahead a couple days ago, and I've run into some people since then, and I've just asked them, and it's really good. And I've gotten some um, insightful and some, yeah, some, uh, I'd say, God-glorifying answers in those, which mm -hmm. has been very nice. Yeah, very that's good. encouraging. Yeah, that's good. I think on a similar kind of uh, note, something that I've been quite asking people is like, what's on your heart right now? Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. Um, also, like a question that has been kind of like popping around in my head is like, what are you impatient for? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think like yeah, those open-ended questions are interesting because I think I'm also a very impatient person. So like, I like to see what other people like their like definition and like how they view patience or like time in mm -hmm. general. It's just like interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I have like a classic one that I really like, which is like, it's not like an unlimited amount of time, but I'll, I'll ask. Um, Imagine um, someone interviews ten, the 10 people closest to you in the world um, and they ask those 10 people to describe you in three phrases. Mm -hmm. What would you want those three phrases to be? Mm -hmm. And then I think it's interesting to see how people like um, they try to like gauge what they would want to be perceived as. Um, and then I'll often ask them like, oh, what do you think they would be right now? Mm -hmm. um, to kind of like see that the difference in that. So. Um, and then sometimes I'll play a game where it's like, how about I, before you answer, I tell you the three things, the three phrases I would use to describe you, and then you say yours, and then we kind of compare. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's turned into a lot of like fun conversations with like friends, so. Yeah, see how much I line up with what you want me to say? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, um, I don't know, like it's interesting how far or close things come. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So. No, that is a good one. Mm. Yeah. Um, this is something I thought of. How often do you think you ask questions and there's that hope that someone's going to ask that question back to you after they answer? Ooh, yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> like, 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 do most of the questions that you ask, do you find yourself being like, ooh, I kind of want to answer this too? Dude. Um, or, or is it like a, like what percentage? Like what, what do you think the ratio, like 90%, 100%, 50, like mm. where, where do you land in terms of like, this is the number, of, this is the percentage of questions I want people to ask me back versus, eh, it's fine. Oh, okay. I think like, it depends. If like I'm asking kind of like more of like a stupid, not stupid, more like surface level question, like what's your favorite smell? That kind of thing. Like, like if I you were a cupcake, which one would you be? Exactly. Like, love that question by the way, but it's just an mm. avenue into deeper questions. Yeah. Like for that one, I don't have like an answer in my head, that kind mm. of thing usually. Um, but like for some like deeper ones, like the, uh, 
but like, um, what would you want to be described as? Those I usually have like answers going in. I would like it if people ask me back. They most times they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like oftentimes when you like get into the personal questions, they're kind of shocked of a, oh like, they're thinking of themselves and they're just like, how much do I want to share? And like they focus on like their response. So, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like with like something like, what's your favorite smell? It's like, oh yeah, like I like garlic bread. What about you? Like is that that kind of thing? <laughs> Which yeah. first off is an amazing smell, so we can uh-huh. all agree upon that. But. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no. So, mm-hmm. so you, do you kind of like go into your questions with like, oh, kind of, like I kind of have an answer that I would like to share? Yeah, I think. For me, and this is more just me personally, um, I, first off, as you and many others probably know, very extroverted. I, I uh-huh. enjoy people. Um, but I'm a big quality time guy. And so having quality questions being asked back to me, big win. Uh-huh. Um, so I think part of it is I ask a lot of questions because of the fact that I also appreciate them. Yeah. And so in a way, it allows me both to get to know people better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also it's kind of, it's the way that in which I feel cared for as well. And so I do it because that's how I feel cared for. And so that's one of the ways that I kind of reach out to care for others. And it's something that people don't tend to do super often. And so it's a unique way and a unique thing that people kind of like, wait, as you mentioned, they're like, hold on. Yeah. I, I what is burdening my soul? Cause they're not thinking about that mm-hmm. regularly and not many people are asking that question. You know, for sure. most of the time people are like, hey, so how was blank or how was, how did this go or you know um, but playing off of some deeper questions or even asking deeper questions about what you've heard um, having questions along the lines of like someone may have mentioned um, oh like I have this big assignment due and so like in a week um, after it's done or something asking the question like um, were you satisfied with that assignment like like mm. were, did you feel, did you feel satisfied with how you did on that yeah. Um, not a did you complete it did you enjoy it like you can ask those but those tend to be it's a lot more of like yeah I finished it or yeah it was alright but if you ask like were you satisfied with it that makes someone go wait ooh like and they really have to think yeah. about it and so it's asking a question it's asking a question that digs into who a person is beyond um, just a quick response where they can toss on the student mask or whatever and then like just very quickly respond um so that but to ask that kind of question you have to somewhat care about the person beyond the surface level yeah and so and that's one of the ways in which i feel cared for so i also do that for others so absolutely i love it when people ask my questions back however like you said much more rare than you would actually it's very rare probably my uh ratio wise i can think of in just in general, it it is also a different ratio if I'm asking people that I'm kind of acquaintances with versus really good friends with. Because my really good friends know, oh, ask Samuel back his questions because yeah. they've realized it at this point. Um, but overall, the general ratio is probably one out of every twenty questions I ask, it, it, roughly. Um, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, but that's my rough estimate. One out of every twenty questions I ask, mm-hmm. I get asked back. Okay. Um, Partially because as soon as they finish answering, sometimes I have another one, and I'll give a pause, and then I'll ask them another question, but they just, they're thinking, and so they don't tend to mm. ask back. Probably one every 20. Yeah. That's like a, a big show for me too, like, no one ever asks questions back, I think, which is, like, sad, but um, I still enjoy asking questions. Mm-hmm. I'm still oh. going to ask them, you know? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Never going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, on that note, um, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Who the heck are you? Because this is a sci-fi podcast where it's usually me and my sister. And ah, people, the listeners at home probably like, 
too, my mom and my dad. <laughs> yeah. um, like, they'd be like, who is this homie, Sam? And yeah, we'd like to kind of, I don't know, talk about yourself, introduce yourself to the world of the two listeners at home. Well, well hey, if I, if, 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 uh, if I pass it off to my family, we'll make it, uh, we'll make it 11. There we go. Between my brothers and mom and dad. Uh, so, yep, so I'm Samuel. Um, I am a computer engineering major. Um, currently um, desiring to um, eventually go into ministry, um, whether that be pastoral or missions. Not sure which. We'll see what God's plan is for that. Um, if that is it being the plan at all, who knows? Um, but that's kind of the direction I'm heading. Um, I'm currently a fifth year here uh, overall in college. My second year here at USC. Um, I did an engineering program where I went to Biola over in La Mirada, north of Anaheim, um, and then transferred here following that. Um, originally from Arkansas, grew up there. Um, I was born in Tennessee, but only was there for two years, so nothing much. Although my grandparents live there, so Tennessee barbecue, amazing. Um, oh, if you ever in Memphis, rendezvous, amazing place. But uh, there for two years, then to Arkansas, grew up there, and then came out to California for college. Um, pretty sure I'm the only one in my high school who came all the way out to California. Really? Um, I think we had one guy who applied to MIT, and he, I don't remember if he got in or not. It's been a while since I've chatted with him, but. A lot of people went to, there's a college in Arkansas, University of Arkansas, solid place. I thought about going there for engineering, um, but just through a variety of things, God really kind of brought me out here to Biola, and then the move to USC following that. Um, so yeah, I got six younger brothers, mom and dad, we've done foster care for many, many years, so I'm used to kids rolling in and out, um, so I'm used to a lot of mild chaos just occurring all the time, mm-hmm. um, which works well for college life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's just a little bit about me in terms of background and everything else. Yeah. Well, welcome Sam. A pleasure to have you on. Um, but a little question that I like asking most people. Um, do you remember when we first met? Um, do, are you thinking when we first just like shook hands and said hi or when we first like actually started to get to know each other? Whichever one you thought of first. Um, well, okay. then I think we have the same one then, for the second one. Yes, so, yeah. exactly. Then, then the distinct answer, the one that I think of first is I think of um, whenever we were in the village and um, yep. why were we there? Who knows? Because I don't remember that part. Um, I don't remember why we were in the village. We were just there and we just started chatting and so... We um, sat down at a table at a tent because there was still COVID, so masks inside. So they had a lot of tables outside that we yeah. could not have masks on and still chat um, and get to see facial expressions. Um, but uh, we were just sitting outside. It was nice and late. We just started asking questions. Um, I yeah, we asked a variety of things, uh, anywhere from I appreciate sure, like theological to relational to. Yeah, it, it was everything in between, uh-huh. to school, to girls, to take your pick. There was a lot of conversation, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember all of it, but it, there was, it was not, it was not a short nor <laughs> light conversation. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember, that was like a fun night. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember first, I was um, at the village dining hall eating uh, dinner with my, one of my friends and my now roommate, yes. Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you and a couple of the mm-hmm. homies came from like, basketball or something or like yep. some other thing me michael um a couple others yeah came over from basketball and they uh and uh it was, it was me and another upperclassman and uh michael and some of those were like hey we'll swipe you into the the cafeteria we're like hey yo. free food heck yes like we're not gonna say no so we did and as you said we ran into you guys i think uh amy also yeah we ran into amy there. Um, uh-huh. from the uh, dining hall yeah. and I remember this is like my I, I had known about you before probably like talked to you here and there but like never like talked talk to you and mm-hmm. um, 
I was just like watching you as you kind of like interrogated Amy. Like <laughs> interrogated, I wow. Like and Amy, Honestly, Amy was down for it, you know. Uh huh. Well, um, she, she was tired, so I was trying to be careful. Um, yeah. She she was she was a little tired, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I was trying to avoid interrogation. <laughs> yeah, and I think up until this point, like most of the people at UFC that I met to, met or talked to, like they aren't big question people. Mm-hmm. But like you went in, I remember you're like you. One of the questions was like. Um, what did you like what did God teach you what was the biggest thing God taught you in COVID or something like that mm-hmm. and then you like kept going and pressing but like we're still kind of like respectful and like Amy was like open and like receptive to the questions and like it was like good conversation and I, I felt weird like listening in like while she like would told like some personal stuff in COVID or whatever um, but I was like dang this man having like like good success and like flow of conversation with questions like huh I must talk to this man <laughs> <laughs> that that is uh, and we can get onto this later probably but that's one of the difficult parts of wanting to ask questions is deep questions in a group setting sometimes don't work. Um, oh yeah. Because everyone wants to answer, mm-hmm. um, which is not a bad thing. Um, but then I think it partially, and this is probably partially the reason why most people don't ask them very often is because in a group setting, if you ask a question, there is there is like a social like necessity or it's kind of a social norm. It feels awkward. If, people don't answer um, or if like you're just asking one person because then as you said it feels like it's kind of one person v everyone else who's just listening uh-huh. um, which is honestly why asking questions a group of three is like group of three or like, like even just two yes two to three is fantastic why don't you get up to four five four is manageable and counting yourself five oh starts getting a little bit rough in terms of asking deeper questions um, and trying to still include everyone in the conversation, but also then trying to dig deeper yeah. into questions. And it can be done. Um, I've done. I've done it with larger groups before, but it, it just, it's, it's a lot harder. Uh, but again, we can talk about that more later. But yes, um, as, you, as you mentioned, you felt kind of awkward listening in, which is pretty normal. But me and Amy was at the end of the table and I was also kind of in corner and the others were having some discussions around some other stuff. And so I noticed Amy wasn't really involved in the discussion as much. She kind of was chatting here and there. Um, but I, was, I wasn't talking much either, so I was like, hey, this is an opportunity for me to ask her a question. I knew she was a senior, and I was like, getting to know people in challenge still at that point. So I was like, why not? So I asked her that question, and we just started chatting, and you started listening in. And I think we had one other guy, I can't remember who it was, but they started listening in, and so I asked him the same question. And uh-huh. they, they both kind of chimed in. Um, but yeah, so it is possible within larger groups, but it, mm-hmm. there's a bit more finesse in terms of helping people not sure. feel awkward. Yeah, I think like the the number of people in a conversation and like the group dynamics that comes with every different variation is like mm-hmm. so important to like inform like how I should or should not go about like asking questions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like um, something that I like to do is like, you know, yeah, like find those, not the stragglers, but like kind of like do like a mini like one-on-one conversation in a group setting like mm-hmm. on the end, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know, I, I find myself like group conversations are difficult for me. I feel like because I don't like the idea of being like oh I'm like driving the conversation but like everyone's listening to me and I'm gonna ask a question and you guys are gonna answer me or that kind of thing so usually I feel like in a group con- conversation I'll kind of just like uh, sort of like um, defer to like whatever that flow of conversation is going mm-hmm. and I think most times it's usually not as deep as like um, you know obviously a one-on-one conversation would be mm-hmm. and I think um, I don't know I just like find myself defaulting to like oh just like throwing in banter here and there um, and just like being like, oh yeah, that's cool, and like staying away from that depth, which I think um, is interesting because many people have told me like, oh like 
one-on-one conversations or meals with you are very different than like your group conversations here and I was like mm-hmm. yeah I haven't like found a way to like crack that balance yet or um, mm-hmm. I don't know do you kind of have any yeah on that? um as a there are times where in a larger group you can do it it's I think primarily there's there's a recent example that comes to mind um, whenever uh, I was with a group on, on a retreat and it was a bunch of challenge people and um, we were chatting and uh, we were just eating a meal and we were chatting and there was kind of a lull in the conversation and someone brought up um, yeah someone brought up um, kind of them working around anxiety and kind of figuring that out um, and hearing about some different methods that they hadn't previously, that, that like kind of contradicted some previous ones they had been given. And so they were trying those out. And I was like this, and honestly, that that's one of the things I was like, ooh, that's a good thing that's a question about. Um, so I asked them, I was like, out of curiosity, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between those methods? Um, and the conversation actually went really well. It was probably about, uh, the number of people involved in the question was probably about, it's a group, a group of six. So it wasn't massive, but it was bigger than what I normally do. Um, but it, it, it turned out that kind of the six involved, seven almost, counting myself, um, involved in that conversation all had a similar, um, a lot of them had a similar dealing with anxiety or that kind of difficulty. And so the questions around that really worked well because each person could play off of what the others were saying. And it wasn't, it wasn't that um, there, there was a question that each person kind of had their own distinct, unique answer and they can't really work off each other. Uh-huh. Um, but because of the similar, because of the similar span, the similar commonality that allows it to work. That's one of the reasons why I, I previously and still do, but I don't use as much, um, the what you learned during COVID. Yeah. Because a lot of people could find commonality in their answers. And so if I ask that in a group and it does get to be a larger group, it still works. Mm-hmm. Because I ask that, and people still get to kind of powder off each other. Um, there are a lot of things that people experienced that were similar to each other. Um, some different, definitely, but there were some common themes between what people experienced and the lessons they've learned, and so they were able to interact with each other on it. And so it, be, it didn't become, as you mentioned, avoiding the oh. Samuel's driving the conversation and he's asking all the questions. Avoiding that by asking a question that has commonality amongst the group, mm. at which point people are playing off each other and it's no longer, oh, Samuel's driving the conversation by asking this question. It's, oh, Samuel asked a question, someone gave an answer, and ooh, that answer is similar to what I've answered, so I get to answer too. And then that combines with other people and they go back and forth with each other. And so it's just a ignition start versus mm-hmm. a, it's not a pushing it's it's a it's a little kickstart that gets everyone else going, versus forcing and pushing people along whenever they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked questions before and people have answered and that's it's it. I don't need to push after that. That is okay. Um, yeah. If it's constantly pushing, uh, that's probably not. That's when it starts feeling awkward. That's when it starts feeling like oh. Um, at which point you just you ask if you work a cake, which one would you be? You know, or yeah, you how are your classes right. going? You just revert back and that's okay. Yeah. Um, because, and that's the reason why people often do the shallow ones is because I think it's it's not awkward because there's commonality in it. It's the classic reason why anytime you walk up to someone at college and you don't know them, you say name, major, uh, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Because everyone has a name, everyone has a major, and everyone is from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are things that people can find commonality in. They can be, name, that's just kind of like you have to know their name. Major, oh, they have the same major as you. Awesome, or oh, they have a different major, but you know someone in that major, sweet. 
um, or where they're from. Oh, they're from the same area as you, awesome. Or, oh, they're far away, how's that? How was that move? Um, and so those give kind of conversation pieces and commonalities that people can work with um, with very low effort of thought. Mm. And so it's a quick yeah. and easy in um, versus still gaining commonality through deeper questions, but it takes more work to get there and some people aren't as willing to put in that work to think about it and really try and push it. But I think the commonality is what helps it not feel awkward. Interesting. Um, again, this is just my experience. I am, I'm a computer engineer. By no means am I some like, <laughs> social guru. Yeah. Um, but this is just kind of what I've observed and what I've seen. Interesting. Like on the opposite hand, like I was thinking like what some of like, my favorite questions to ask in a group setting. And I think my favorite ones are like perception or perspective questions. Like, um, so a question that I asked, like, a group of friends, I think it was, like, a very five people eating dinner together and talking, um, and a question I asked was, like, who are you protective of? Um, I said, like, I asked, like, other than family or people that I know, who are you protective of? And, um, I think, like, there's two parts of that, like, that I feel like makes the question work well. One of them is, like, it makes them talk about something, someone else who is not them. Um, I think it's often easier for people to talk about other people that are meaningful to them rather than like their personal self. Um, mm. I don't know. I found that like maybe that's just also me, like being able to like, oh, I'd like to like rave about like my friend or like my homie or something. Um, and the other one is like a perception or perspective question of like um, the question that they immediately asked, which like I kind of wanted them to ask, was, oh, what's your definition of protective? Um, and then going around and like talking about like, how we perceive that word. Like what, um, what's the, I don't know, the connotation, connotation, what, like, what do you connotate with the word protective? Um, and like most of us all have like a different, slightly different, like mm -hmm. wrinkle here or there nuance. Yeah. And I think finding that was like interesting because like now people want to chime in because, oh, they hear like, oh, you view it that way. Oh, but I view it this way. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. I've never thought about it that way. And mm -hmm. that like jogs conversations. So, like those yep. two things I kind of like. Yep. And, and that's the commonality is yeah. that they have, everyone has a perspective on yes. that. And so that that's the commonality that drives it mm -hmm. um, versus like um, versus whenever I ask someone like, oh, what's something you learned during COVID? Um, one of the answers I got was, um, oh, how do, how do they phrase it? They said one of the answers I've gotten previously was that they they learned to persevere through the difficulty of making decisions contrary to what their friend group would desire them to make. Uh -huh. um, and, and, and I'm not going to specify if that's in regards to being more safe or not being safe, but um, that was something they had to learn was kind of persevering through that. And so the what you learned during COVID, that's a pretty common question. Like That's pretty easy to find commonality on. Yeah. But then after someone gives that answer, after they gave that answer, I then asked, I, I followed it up. I was like, um, I said, oh, how did when I ask? I asked, um, I asked them, yeah, I asked them how did that impact your relationship? Like how did that con like kind of contrary path affect those friendships? Uh -huh. um, the difficulty is that not everyone, and this was in a conversation with like four people, or three, and we were all fairly close, so that's why it was really easy, but that is a question that not as many people could find commonality on. They could probably think, they could try and think of a time of like, okay, where I had a different opinion than a friend group and so I went that way. Um, but the story that this person gave was just, it wasn't very easily relatable on a larger scale. 
Um, and so that became a question just for her. No one else answered it, um, just because it was like, that was a question I asked her and that really was the focus. Um, I then asked the other two people a different question based upon what their answers were. Yeah. Um, and that's why groups can get hard is because I like asking follow-up questions. Yes. But the follow-up questions often lose the commonality. That's, yes. whenever, that's whenever commonality shifts because the question is based off of the answer. And that's the point is that, for me at least, the question is meant to intentionally dig deeper into who this person is and so trying to pick at what their answer is and what is actually intended in that. But once you're focusing in on what an individual person is like, you lose the commonality aspect. Mm -hmm. And that's why it gets harder with large groups because you are running like four to five different threads with each individual person. Yes. And while you're asking one question, another person sitting there listening like, well, I didn't ask the question, so why do I care? You know, I'm waiting for my question. And and then it gets a little more yeah. uh, weird and I think awkward. oftentimes, like, that's when I have to, like, make a mental note of myself, like, mm-hmm. oh, this person is like that. Or like, I think I was having a group conversation and asked the question of, um, do you remember how many windows are in your childhood home? Um, I don't know if I asked you that question. Mm-mm, you know, oh, no. That I'll ask you that one day soon. Um, <laughs> I could count them, but it would take a bit. I think, like, um, I like that question because um, it shows, like, how, I don't know. Well, actually, no. I'll, I'll keep going. Anyways, forget what I said on that. But um, what, what one of the person said, like, she she was like, oh, like, I moved around a lot in my childhood, like, over, like, 10 plus times, whatever that kind of thing. And it's like, ah, it's hard for me to, like, think about, like, a childhood home. And I was like, oh, I have, like, 17 follow-up questions there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because, like... Uh-huh. I mean, I also moved around a bit um, in my childhood, and I was like, oh, cool. But then I was like, well, nope, not the time now, but, like, mm-hmm. back in my head. Um, and, like, yeah. honestly, like, that's from, like, the, I was thinking of asking her to come on the podcast to, like, talk about, like, moving as a child. Mm. So, like, um, I don't know. So, like, keeping those little notes in the back mm-hmm. of your head, of, like, oh, I'll come back to this later at some point. Yep. Um, but I have the, the knowledge now to ask a follow-up question, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't seem like a follow-up question when it, like, turns into a new conversation later. Yep. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but those follow-up questions, like, I love those questions. I think a lot of times when people ask me, like, oh, what's your favorite question? I'll have some of, like, oh, yeah, like, these ones that I've thought of, whatever, like, that um, 10 phrases one or, whatever, or three phrases. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite questions are, like, follow-up questions mm-hmm. because, like, they're more specific. They're, like, interesting. And also the responses are, like, yep. almost always better. And, like, mm-hmm. um, since tailored to them. But, like, um, like I, I can't tell you what the follow-up questions are because, like, I, I don't know <laughs> until, like, they happen, you know? It is dependent upon your answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even even that uh, outstanding questions are also fun. Um, oh yeah. I, so many times I'll, I'll say, okay look, I don't think we have time for this or I'm gonna have to go or you have to go. I'm gonna ask you a question, think about it and I'll get back to you. Ooh. Um, and so I, I actually have an outstanding question right now um, that I got to ask someone. So I'll follow up with them later and be like, hey, so did you get to think about this? And we'll see if they have an answer or not. But, mm-hmm. um, but as you said, follow up questions are Fantastic. Absolutely love those things. Um, and that's part of it also. I think it's easier. It's also, we talked about people asking us questions back. Yeah. It's very easy for people to parrot one of our questions back. Mm-hmm. When someone asks you follow-up questions that are also good, that's a massive win. Ooh, yes. Like that, and that is, that is so freaking rare. Yeah. Um, it's, Again, it's less rare with like your really close friends, um, because they know you, and so they every question they ask is a follow up question because they've known you for so long and they know you really well. Um, But having someone 
I, I think I think I, I would say I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've had a conversation with someone that I wasn't close to or didn't know super well who asked me good follow-up questions in return. Mm-hmm. Um, probably on one hand. Maybe, maybe two hands, but I don't remember very many of them. So very few and far between. Yeah. Follow-up questions, ah, they're just so fun. They're yeah. good, um, but they require effort. <laughs> they do require effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, like, if you're, like, trying to coast on energy or, like, coast in the conversation, do you have, like, some go-to, like, questions to, like, oh, coast and be like, hey, easy. You know? Uh, yeah, I know. I have well, it, and it's less of to coast because keep in mind, extrovert. So that's okay. So, so this deep interaction is what charges me, and so mm-hmm. I get into it. And I'm like, yes, like this is like when I'm tired. Having a conversation with someone about something deep is awesome. Like even when I'm tired. That's so interesting. I know, I know. It's bizarre, well, but for me, it's good. Um, I think in those cases, I'm more likely to desire response back, like in terms of questions back. Um, and I'm more disappointed when I don't receive questions back because yeah. I'm tired. But um, but it still is recharging and fun. It's still like I still enjoy it. Um, some of my go-to's. Um, so I mentioned the more recent one. What's currently burdening your soul? Um, what is it you want most right now? Mm. Um, and actually, I say I say what's one of the things you want most right now? Because um, I I can't remember how many years ago, but I read I think it was like in an article, but. Um, they were talking about questions and they said like one of the difficulties is adding ultimatums onto questions um namely in the sense of like what's your favorite like what is your number one Uh as soon as you restrict someone to what is the top it makes it so much harder for them to answer the question because they think of five different things and they can't figure out which one's actually number one Uh so saying what is you want most right now it's like like yeah. Family safety, academics, like, well, I don't know, like uh-huh, what sure. I want most versus saying what's one of the things you want most right now, mm-hmm. like just one of the things, because it's, it, it's recognizing the fact that you likely cannot actually decide on one, because I couldn't, um, and, and and so it's giving it's giving the opportunity to say just pick one of them, like, and it just makes it a lot more chill. It's like just what's one of the things you want. So what's one of the things you want most right now? Um, what is what is it you fear most? I do like having that one as more of an ultimatum one. Yeah. Uh, people still can think of answers without too much effort. Um, but what is it you fear most is a fun backup one. Um, as I said at the beginning, um, if you're trying to get to know someone, what's a question you would ask them and then immediately ask that question to them. Yeah. Um, what is something that you, what's an impact that your family has had on you, um, whether parents or siblings? Um, that's a good one um, that I always enjoy. Um, gosh, those are kind of some of the main ones that come to mind. Interesting. I think. Um, oh no, sorry. Go ahead. But say, uh, I, and a more recent one that I got asked um, that I think is going to be good. I I tried it out once the other day. wasn't the greatest. It was with someone that I kind of barely knew, more acquaintance than. So I tried it out, and it kind of worked. But um, I need to test it on some more people to see phrasing wise how I want to do it. But what would it if you imagine yourself in five or ten years, kind of like far enough away where you're like in a different stage of life but so for me that's like five years for the other guy who's a freshman so I said ten because uh-huh. put him past college I was like what um, imagine yourself in five ten years whatever um, what what would be what needs what what would need to be true about you or your situation for you to be happy and fulfilled mm. in five to ten years um, and then whenever they ask whenever they answer that because you're going to get some interesting answers um Whenever they answer that, the response question or follow up um, 
follow-up question is, what do you need to do now to get to that spot? What do you need to do now to get those, to, to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it's just kind of that thinking ahead. Um, again, still figuring out how to best phrase it. That's kind of the current format. Probably gonna shift it a bit, but that's the current format. Mm. And yeah, so. Okay. Sorry. So that, that's, that's a bunch of different questions that I enjoy asking. Mm. And again, you have to be willing to answer them yourself. Yeah, that's true. But I am, so. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, again, we can talk about this later into the time, but uh, willingness to answer questions is also a big, big aspect to yeah. asking. It, I've, I have found is a big aspect to asking questions and being aware of mm-hmm. answering questions properly and helping others answer them well. But again, bigger topic, but you had something you wanted to say. Wait, so. Okay, this was before I say what I wanted to say. This, like, you just speaking in that, those last, like, two minutes right there was, like, my the favorite mark of, or no, okay, ultimatum. Or <laughs> one of my favorite things about a conversation. If, like, I'm listening to someone and I'm like, oh, I have, like, six different follow-up questions I want to ask. And if I leave a conversation and I'm like, wow, there were so many missed opportunities where I could have asked the question, but the conversation was so good that I didn't want to interrupt it. Yep. That's the mark of a great conversation, mm-hmm. a good time for me. And, like, that's kind of just what happened with you. But um yep uh, I agree. So, like, so so now you have ten questions. Wait, so. I like wait I have like too many thoughts in my brain. And I'm like I, I'm like oh, no I lost them. I think one of them okay on the ultimatum thing. Mm-hmm. Something that I've like doing recently is like instead of saying what's your favorite this I'll say what's your second favorite like fruit because then okay maybe I'm like a very basic level. Oh then, you're chaos my man and, and I love it. And nobody like is like oh I know exactly like second favorite fruit like they have to think of their first favorite one first and then go and this, go, then go to their second uh-huh. and they'll tell me about their second one and then I'll be like. Oh well, then what's your first that kind of thing? And like, I think it's in a similar kind of way of you um oranges doing yeah. that thing. What's your first? Uh, apple, green apples, Granny green Smith. Apples, Granny man. Smith, dude. Yes, come on. Apples are one of my least favorite fruits. Oh, okay, 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 oh okay. See, I, at least you're not like doing the oh, but red apples, they're the best. Oh like, no, I'm like I come despise on. all apples. Okay, well, that, I mean that's, apple juice is cool, but like that's your loss. But you know, yeah. um, apple juice. I don't really drink apple juice. Oh. It's just apples, like just okay, like, yeah. And, I, and Granny Smith is like has the sweetness, has a little tart, just a solid apple. You're a healthy man. And I, didn't, I said they're my favorite, not that I eat them very <laughs> often. That's a big difference there. Well, I don't remember the last time I like straight just ate an apple. I have one in my car. I'm gonna eat it on the way for my drive later. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I'm gonna need a snack later, and I got some apples last night. So I'm like, awesome. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, as you said, I need to be more healthy in my eating habits, but I'm working on that. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay, one more thing about apples before we go back. Like, yes. I don't know. I think the apple like time frame of like when it's like its peak like ripeness, where like it's perfectly juicy, but like not like too juicy, but like it's yeah, not like dry mushy. Too like mushy. Like uh-huh. I feel like that's like such a small window. Maybe I just like never time it right when I have apples. You, like, yeah. do, do you keep them in the fridge or do you keep them out? Usually fridge. Okay, good. Yeah, that that at least for me has helped because in the fridge then it helps keep it a little more solid. So then you okay, can yeah. pull it out and just straight in. Maybe another thing is like I just don't like the base taste of an apple, so like, I'll leave them longer. Like I'm not like dying to like go get it another like multiple nights in a row or something, and it'll just kind of like, stay there for a little while. And then when, the, yeah. when I come back the next time, it's like oh, it's kind of mushy. Mm-hmm. Apples are great for the long long energy release, though. Like okay, yeah. Well, honestly, there been not not every time, but there have been a few times where I'm like, because I'm not a big coffee drinker, as you know. Mm-hmm. But there have been many times where I'm just like oh, I'm exhausted or like I'm tired. And I eat an apple, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and then it just kind of comes back and, hey. and, and it helps me out for a bit. I don't know why, but apples for me at least are a very good slow energy release solid, like, method. Interesting. It works out okay. Well, because, you know, it's the, I, I supposedly, it's, just, it's coming from a computer engineer, so, you know, take don't take my word for it completely. Yes. But uh, <laughs> my understanding is it's like 
um, more slightly more complex sugars, and so it's not like your classic fructose glucose that we get in terms of just okay. classic foods where it's like get it into your blood straight out instantly, and so you uh. get the sugar crash. Apples apparently have slightly more complex sugars, and so it takes longer for your body to break them down, and so it slowly releases over time because they get broken down kind of at different intervals, and so it's slowly you get a kind of a slower flow of sugar where you're not hitting a massive high and then tanking. You're going up and then you're kind of plateauing and holding steady for a bit. That's interesting. That's, 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 that's my understanding. Like that. I could be totally wrong. Uh, I, will gladly, from Sam. I will gladly admit I could be absolutely incorrect about that's why apples do that. Yeah. But that's, uh, it's one of the things where like that's in the back of my memory of like, oh, I feel like I learned that at some point, but I don't remember where. Interesting. So anyway, but you're talking about ultimatums and about asking second favorite and about all the questions mm-hmm. that you had about what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those, that was just like a thing of the ultimatums. Another one, when you're talking about there are two or three in between the ultimatum one and the thing I'm going to say now, but yeah, I forgot, course. but you know, hey, mark of a good conversation. Um, exactly. I think you're talking about like, oh, you got to be willing and like ready and able to like answer yourself. And I think um, something I've learned is like some people like they just don't do good with like the idea of a question. Mm-hmm. Like asking a question for them is just like, ooh, kind of scary or too much. And, but like they're good at responding at things if it doesn't seem like a question. So like um, mm-hmm. something that I have done with a friend, it's like, um, like, I'll answer a question that I didn't ask first, and then she'll respond to it. But, like, if I ask that question straight, like, she'd be like, eh, I don't really know. So, like, um, I don't know. I think, like, let's say, let me, I'm looking at my questions list, that kind of thing. Um, oh, you have, a, you have a list? I have, like, a doc. It's called Matthew's Question Doc plus Brainstorming Place. <laughs> and then I have, like, okay, I have nice. questions. And then, like, you know, split into, like, deep personal, personal, um... Let me see. That's probably a good idea. I don't have that, but that's good barometer good. questions. Um, oh. I have um, God-related questions. I have fun questions. I have theoretical questions. I have twenty-four-hour death questions. I like that section. But, um, twenty-four. Oh, okay. Like um, yeah. Okay. But like, uh, so like, let's say one of the questions is like, um, one of my favorite questions is like, if you could send a fortune cookie back to your ten-year-old self. Um, what would it say? <laughs> or like adjust for uh, a person's uh, age, you know? Uh-huh. Um, well, I, I have a very quick answer for that question, but yeah. Interesting. Okay, wait. I'll, yes. I'll ask you that later in a bit. Like, <laughs> what I, I, I said, I was like, you know, I was just like thinking about like, I was eating panda the other day, which was probably a lie. I just wanted to get to this question. I was like, eating panda, I was eating like a fortune cookie, which is a total lie, because whenever I go to panda, I'm like, oh, please do not give me the fortune cookie, because I'm just not going to eat it. Um, you, oh, you don't like them? I don't really like them. Okay. Yeah, I don't That's know. Right. Okay. But anyway, sorry, back, back to your story. Yeah. So, but you're using that as the app. Yeah, I was using that as like that the way in. And I was like, well, I was just kind of like thinking like, oh, like what if I gave a fortune cookie to my 10-year-old self? And I was like, no, nah, I think like I would tell my 10-year-old self like, where are we at? And then like, she's like, oh, like interesting. Like, what am I? And then like it goes on the conversation there. Yeah. And it was like definitely that question, but just like hidden with like, oh, my response. So you respond to my mm-hmm. question. Yeah, so it's behind the story. It's behind you giving an answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but something, okay, just like a little... I have, I have this highlighted in my list because I really like oh. this question because um, because I like the idea of forcing them to think um, think uh, like the entirety of their like pastness and then be able to like condense that into few words if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, they can like take because I feel like if you ask them yourself like oh what were you going through in your 10 year old self there's like a whole lot of baggage there or whatever or like you're Past or you just like, don't remember. Or you don't remember, right? Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> I, have Maybe. A, I have a horrendous. I actually I ruined a guy's theory about. Um, <laughs> like I had a, a, a father of a friend of mine had a theory that uh, 
smarter people remember earlier in their childhood. And then he asked me, how far back do you remember? I'm like, barely. And he's like, gosh, you're ruining my theory now. I'm like, what theory? And then he explained it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, see, so obviously I'm just stupid. That's what that really means. Interesting. No, <laughs> we, yeah. But, but yeah, sorry. No, Sidetracked. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But you like the questions where people have to think back on a larger period of time and kind of summarize it up yeah. in, a, in a more succinct form. Because then I think oftentimes um, their thoughts start, like, begin, like, big and broad. Like, oh, my gosh, how do I think about this time period? But they have to, like... That's a doubt. It's like a vague, like you know, fortune telling saying. And I feel like in that way, like that's like easier for them to say because like you don't have to like it's not like oh my gosh this happened and like you know my dog died and this and it's just like a, oh like this kind of thing, right? And I think um, oftentimes people when I ask questions they're vague on purpose, but for this question they're vague because they have to be because it's like a fortune cookie thing. It's someone else's um, life, like yeah, yeah. So I think it's like a little bit of a psychological trick of like making them the first response to be vague. So they are more likely to expect or anticipate a follow-up question about that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. No, that, that, like, no that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you have an answer for that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my, here's my quick answer. Um, honestly, this is not probably you, this is probably not what you're thinking in terms of summing up all of my life experience, but um, I, it's too long for me to put the whole thing on there, so I put the reference. Uh, I'd, want, I, I'd send back one, Jeremiah 11, 23 through 24. Um, Part of it is a joke because whenever we were growing up, before we could read, uh, we, we, there was a restaurant we used to go to very, fairly often as a family, and um, you'd get fortune cookies. Mom and Dad would obviously have to read our fortune cookies to us because, of course, we need to know what our fortune cookies say. Um, yeah. And it was a great time as a family. But what, we would, what they would do when it, before we could read is they would they'd bring out the fortune cookie, you know, and, like, the classic ones are, like, like, uh, like, you will encounter a new friend, like or something like that. You know, like like that's mm. what it, that's what it says. They pick it up, they read, and they'd be like, "Jesus loves you," <laughs> like or or, or 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 seek God first, and everything else will follow. Like uh-huh. like they they basically turned them into like little mini Bible verse things, um, and it was really great. It was really good. We <laughs> as we got older and started reading, we then realized, oh, okay, mom and dad did this. It was still good, but just looking back, that was kind of funny. And then the older, the younger brothers would like give it to mom and dad and be like, "Can you read it?" And they'd read it. They'd read the verse and they'd be like, "That's not what it says." And they'd hand it to the older brothers, and be like, "What does it really say?" And we'd be like, and then we'd say a verse too. Like we'd, yeah, we'd yeah. mess with them, and they're like, that's "No, that's not like it." And we, you know, have a great time. So part of it is just fortune cookie with an actual verse on it. Uh, that, oh, that's cool. So, so, so that's a part of it is like, just I would absolutely, and I'm sure they do that somewhere. But uh, part of it is just a, it'd be funny to like open up a fortune cookie and just be like, oh. It's actually what my parents like <laughs> doing this that entire be time, um, but also just a really good verse. Um, you, you can look it up later. Um, but Jeremiah eleven twenty three through twenty four, mm-hmm. solid. Um, Do you have that memorized? Uh, yeah, uh, but well, yeah. Let's say watch me watch me get the reference wrong, and then somebody looks it up, and they're like, "Wait, what the heck is this? <laughs> this this is a good verse. They're killing their brother." Like, <laughs> let's let's test the the verse memory. Oh, okay. Do you have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. Mm. In these things I delight, declares the Lord. Mm. Um, 
the reminder that, yeah, simply put, whatever wisdom, might, riches, money, questions, intelligence, take your pick, whatever we might choose to boast in, biblically it reminds us, no, do not boast in these things. Um, and intelligence includes like a theological understanding of God like a theological like academic understanding mm-hmm. and saying don't boast in these things but let he who boasts so it's like if, if you're gonna boast boast in this that he knows and understands me that I'm the Lord and then he goes into all of what he is but the reminder to boast in knowing God not knowing about God but knowing God and really kind of following him. So that's one of the reasons why uh, I think that verse would be good as like a reminder to be like, mm. younger Samuel. Intelligence, don't boast in it. Athletic prowess, questions, don't boast in that either. Mm-hmm. Boast in knowing God and pursuing that. That's the objective. Mm. So that's why. What was the thing that young Samuel had the most struggles not boasting about? Take your pick, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Samuel still is, and was a prideful person. You gotta be very careful about that. Mm. Um, I think actually, Honestly, probably there are a couple things, but one of the things that probably younger Samuel took most pride in was yeah, was probably the the breadth of as I said the, the breadth of knowing about God, mm. but not knowing God, which are two distinctly different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd say that was probably one of the main points. There are others, but that was that was probably one of the. That was probably one of the ones that needed to change the most out of all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that I think I'd say that'd be my answer, and just kind of intellectually knowing about God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like um, like I'm a pastor's kid. You're like a. I grew I, I yeah. grew up in the Bible Belt. My grandparents were involved in ministry. Mm-hmm. My parents were always involved in church. My dad now is finally an elder. My goodness, he could have been one a long time ago, but. <laughs> Love my dad, but he's like, I don't want to tell people what to do. Um, <laughs> which is honestly a great reason to be an elder. Uh, but <laughs> but they were highly involved in ministry um, at my church for years. And so, um, to a certain extent, I grew up very, very close. Probably as close as you can be to being a pastor's kid without being a pastor's kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we both understand that idea of like, oh, we're the ones that always, every Sunday school, we're there, you know, we're staying late at church. We know all the Bible trivia. We know all the stories. We like, yeah, this is like, we're like the winners of Jeopardy on like this like Bible stuff, you know? And also and like, as the oldest child, so that doesn't help either. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Makes so oldest much of many. Um, Woo! Seven yeah. boys. We love it. And I think like that's something that definitely just like has in my life prohibited, not, well, yeah, prevented me from like fully experiencing and knowing God. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think that's still a struggle today of like me like um, having all this head knowledge and like the hardening of the heart of like not seeing that impact is like when I I just like grew up like since like you know being a little like tiny toddler boy you know those Sunday school stories of like oh you know um, so it's like hard for that impact to hit I think um, but also it's because like oh like when people are trying to I don't know 
give me advice, try to speak into my life. I'm like, I already know this, you know, that kind of thing. And that, that pride that comes with it. So um, I definitely feel that. I agree. Yeah. It's tough. Um, kind of floating back to what we were talking about before, because I said this was something I wanted to talk about, unless you have another question. No, go for it. I mentioned at the end, um, you talked about people responding to questions and how they do that. I'm curious, what is your thought and framework around, at what point, like, would you ever stop someone from answering a question? Like, let's say they're mid-answer, would you ever stop someone answering a question? I do not. Would you? No, 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 not have you, would you? would I? Would you stop someone while they're answering a question? Would you, would you, would you tell someone you should stop and you, if you really want to answer, you can answer, but you should probably think about this real quick before you give your answer. I have my own thoughts, but I'm, I would like to hear yours before I, I give anything. That is interesting. Uh huh. Would you ever, would you ever stop some friends answering question? Is there ever a question you wouldn't answer? Is there a question you think people shouldn't answer outside of certain contexts? Mm. That's essentially the question I'm asking. Okay, yeah. I think um, it depends on like the gender of the person I'm talking to. Okay. Uh, I think oftentimes like between girls and guys, um, like the number of like available questions for girls is smaller than like the number of available questions for guys, mm-hmm. um, often, I think. And also like... Um, and, and, and you're saying that as you being a male, not as in guys have more questions just within oh, the guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You being a male. For all the women listening, he's not yeah. saying... No. <laughs> I, I, I would ask... Yeah, there's just some questions I'm not going to ask girls. Um, okay, and, yes. so, so there's a smaller pool of, of, for, of questions for you to ask girls than for you to ask guys. Exactly. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Just wanted to... Um, Wanted to say you pain and hurt later on. Whenever, For sure, whenever yeah. your future girlfriend or whoever listens to this and they're like, what'd you say, Matthew? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it takes like the soundbite out of context, like, <laughs> post it, canceled, I'll, 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 I'll snip it out and like sit, just show it around chat like or something. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think oftentimes like because of that filter of like, oh, I'm going to not ask you this set of questions. I think oftentimes I have not really, I don't really sound about interesting, but I, I don't think I would get in this situation of like, oh, I want to stop someone from answering because mm-hmm. like, either like, I don't think you should share this with me or like, I don't think you, like, I want to hear this, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are definitely questions, like oftentimes I think a question that is pretty like common around Christian communities and challenges like, how can I be praying for you mm-hmm. right now, right? Um, and that's different if like my discipler is asking me that or like some, mm-hmm. If I'm just like, I don't know, some rando Thursday like, night and someone yeah. rolls up and like, hey, how can we bring you? Yeah, there's, there's differences in that. Like, there's yeah. like, um, I think, like, the idea of like a heart attitude of being open and honest, like, yeah, but within like appropriateness and like, you know, mm-hmm. what's like healthy for whatever this relationship is in that context and like guarding both people's hearts and also just like, you know, not like, yeah, you know? So I think in, in that way, like, I will like filter like, oh, what level of like, response to I want to give this and I think that's something I also have found when people ask me like what do you want to do because I'm a journalist a journalism major um and but I don't want to be a journalist um I I have thoughts of like doing a progressive degree in social work at USC and there's also like the thoughts of like um and feeling nudges to like being a full-time pastor and like in that ministry which like I feel like I have like different I think it's like an onion of like when I um, like answer that question feel like a lot of some people that like um a lot of times they're just like a passing 
like, like a, a classmate or something, I should be like, oh yeah, like I want to do like sports journalism or like entertainment journalism. Which like I feel like that'd be fun to do, but like I don't want to do that, do that. And for some people, like I'll be like, oh yeah, like I'll bring up like the social work thing, like oh yeah, I do like this like this thing with like homeless people, and that's something I feel like I've like been given a heart for um for that. And then there's like a select smaller number of people who are like, yeah, like, dude, like there's a pastor thing, and this is terrifying to me. Um, but like. I don't know. I but it's there. Much. It's there, and like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, can't really ignore it. Um, yeah. So like, there's like different layers to that. So depending on where like I kind of see my relationship with the person, and also like um, what kind of conversation this is. If it's like a passing, fleeting thing, then you know. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of gauge it on that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts well, on that? Well, real quick, one more question. Follow ups. Follow ups. Then I'm down to answer. Well, this is sorry. This is not quite. This is not a follow up oh. as much as just a question that relates. For sure. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, it's not a response to hey, your It's a question answer. anyways. True. I like it. Um, how, how do you see determining that boundary and that appropriateness not just based on feeling? Mm. Because cause I think in general, the easy response is like, okay, well, how do we determine that? And people are like, well, if it feels off. Yeah. But the heart's deceitful of all things. Like, how the heck do you know if what you're feeling is... Cr- like, because... Simply put, there have been times where like I sat there and I'm like, "Ooh, I really want to ask this question." Um, and there have been times, there have been times where I've actually one occurrence really stands in my mind, um, where I, I had a conversation with someone and I asked them a question, and I really felt like it was going well. I felt like it was kind of a, a fine area to talk about and to kind of push and really discuss. Um, the person came back to me later on, uh, like a couple weeks later, and they told me. I kind of regret answering that question. Mm. So I actually got that. I got that response of I kind of regret answering that question. And I'm like, oh, I'm like I was like I'm sorry. I'm like I wasn't trying to force you to answer anything. Um, and so following that, it's been a good thing to think about. Like, okay, how do we? How do I determine? Oh, is this too far? Is it not beyond just? Oh, this is how I feel about it. Um, because I can be iffy and not very dependable. So I'm curious what kind of, in your mind, what's kind of the metric or metrics that are means that you use to kind of evaluate, oh, this is too much, this is not enough, or like, like I'm, I'm still way away from the line, or like how do you actually determine that beyond, and maybe the answer is, yeah, I just kind of feel it out and that's all, but I'm just curious if there's anything beyond that. Interesting. Okay. I think I have some, not safeguards, or I try to like have for lack of a better term, like safeguards and like what people know about like why I'm asking questions and like what I'm doing with like that information, that kind of thing. I think the reason why I ask questions is like, um, like I feel the most love when there's like an unspoken understanding between me and another person. Like something happens in like, I don't know, maybe we're in a group setting, something happens um, and like they know that that will make me either happy or uncomfortable or sad or like um, joyful. And they know. They already know. Yeah. You, can like look they, at, you can look at them in the eye yeah. and you both just know. And they know how to act on that or whatever. If they need mm-hmm. to act on that. Yeah. So I think that unspoken understanding of like they understand me and like how I operate and how I think and how I whatever. Um, that's when I feel the most loved. Um, mm-hmm. And so oftentimes like you know you can gain that understanding through just like living with that person for a while or like spending a lot of time with them or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also like a fast track way of doing that is like asking questions, right? Uh-huh. And so like for me, I ask questions um, because, like, I want to, like, know and understand you, and I, I want to, like, best be able to love you through that way. Mm-hmm. So usually, like, that's, I'll, I'll tell that to, like, people who are, like, I guess, 
at that point of like or like whatever friendship or like relationship or like the depth of the questions that we're asking I'll, I'll let them know because like oh I'm not doing this because like I just like uh, like I, I just wanted to know because I want to know how to love you better or best um, and oftentimes to get to that point I ask the question of like what's the question you wish people asked you but didn't and so like they'll say something mm-hmm. and they'll be like oh what about you and I'll be like I wish people would ask me like why I ask questions and then I tell them uh-huh. that kind of thing yep that, like, that's like, another favorite is what's the question you wish you were asked more often yeah like manipulation there to get to the point of like me telling them which is no it's not manipulation I'm not manip- hey hey people have asked that question I just, <laughs> just want to love you better um, <laughs> um and then I also like definitely I think a lot of times um like most times I like to let silence go through after a question mm-hmm. like I think silence is great and also like when there's a pause and someone talking like silence is great because like just let them speak and do their thing and think and then like decide what they want to say but a lot of times I think I try to like preface my question of like, like, if you don't want to answer this question, like, do not answer this question. I can like, I have a lot more questions. I can, like, I, I can like make a little joke about like, I have a list of questions. We can go on to the next one that's less uncomfortable if you want. Um, or like that kind of thing. Or like, we can talk about apples. I don't know. Like, because it, my, my joke is always, my joke is always, you don't have to answer. And if you ever don't want to answer, just tell me and I'll ask you about the weather. Like, <laughs> that, that's always my joke. Uh, partially because my grandparents apparently are obsessed with the weather now. And so my parents would <laughs> tell me, they're like, what you get a call from Granny Grant or from me and Bobby and we're just like they're, they're like hey how are you guys doing we see it's raining there and they're, oh, like, no. they're like why are you checking like <laughs> who cares the checking of Los Angeles weather on that yeah. app Appar- no no so apparently my grandfather has Los Angeles weather all, like Aww. loaded into his That's app sweet he's never he's never asked me about it because we haven't had like any problem you know like he'll, they'll call like for Arkansas during thunderstorms yeah. we don't have thunderstorms out here so like you know uh-huh. I'm fine but that's my joke is I'll always just be like so the weather like mm. I will ask about that and that's why I say I'll be like I'll just you about the weather like just like a very easy out yeah um, and like I, I try to be like I mean that like if you don't want to answer like do not answer like please don't answer mm-hmm. and like there's some people who be yeah. like yeah like um yeah I, I feel like I don't, like they will say like oh I don't know or like yeah like I don't mm-hmm. feel like I want to share and like that's cool yeah um, so I feel like in, in that regards like I've never had someone come up to me and be like I regret answering your question actually. <laughs> actually no now that I think of it yep I have um, I think most of these are with females mm-hmm. because I think there's just like levels of intimacy through conversation that is just like yep. oh a little like um, kind of alarming if it's like a not a like mm-hmm. romantic relationship and I think um, uh, it wasn't even a question I, like at some point like um, someone one of my friends like she was like I like talking to you is scary and I was like, first of all, I was like, that's tragic. It's like the opposite of the bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, dang it. Oh, we missed the mark completely. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And, like, and, this, and this is, and this is like, do I ask why or is that too scary? Yeah, I was like, exactly. <laughs> I was like, um, can I ask a question or no? And I was like, um, why am I serious? I think I said something like that. And then um, mm-hmm. she was like, I think you like ask a lot of like, I don't know, like convicting question or like you are perceptive and like ask good follow up questions and like mm-hmm. that is something that like I feel like um, you hit on things that like most people don't know and like yeah or like I don't share but like you oh, hit yeah. on them and that scares me a little bit um, okay because like I like I don't know like to the like level or depth that like I want to like share in that um, which I was like that is fair let's talk less. <laughs> Um, and I was like, I'm sorry about that. Like, that's 
nothing touches. So like that one, I was like, yeah, that's a problem. Let's not talk as much anymore. Or like talk mm-hmm. about different things, that kind of thing. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And then I think that made me like rethink like the questions I was asking to other people um, and like mm-hmm. other girls specifically. I was like, oh, am I like, you know, coming too like nosy or like too like scary or too like? Mm, are, 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 are you are you developing an emotional intimacy that is beyond what you ought to be doing? So yeah. That's what you're. That's essentially what you're. Yeah. Doing. So I was like, this is tragic because yeah, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like now like the relationship with that friend is like cool. Um, yeah, but, like good. yeah, it was just um, that at like, the moment was, you're like, oh. I was like, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, it was also like a phone call, so like I, I couldn't see your face, which like Ooh. phone calls suck, bro. Um, <sighs> like phone phone calls can be okay, but they're. <laughs> with, with people that you don't know as well. Like I, like okay, for conversations, I feel like I have I love seeing people's faces mm-hmm. because that just gives so much more input. Like um, sometimes in Facetimes, like people like will do like half face on the camera or whatever or like not, and I'm like, like I've asked a few people sometimes like, oh, can I, like I see your face? Like I don't know. Like, We're doing Facetime for a reason. Yeah. You put your face on the screen. But like it was a phone call, right? So like. After I was like, oh, why am I scared? Just like silence. And I was like, I can't tell. Like, I have no input. I just like have the like the silence. I was like, bro, this is tragic. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, phone calls suck. Um, in person or FaceTime is the way to go for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, did you want me to answer as well? Yes. Okay, that's like, tracking all the way back. Boom. Because we, yeah, we. Uh, uh, that's another big thing about asking questions is, I think it helps you track the conversation a lot better. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so many times where people are like, how do we get here? I'm like, this question, this is, da, 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 da. and they're like, what? Okay. Like, <laughs> they're, they're surprised. Um, but you get better quiet conversations, so you get better at remembering how things went. Uh, but that's part of asking good follow-up questions. That's part of asking good questions later. Yeah. All the stuff. Um, anyway, but the question of can you go too far? Would you have someone stop? And how do you measure that? Or how do you actually have a metric for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think, again, grew in the Bible, so like a lot of my answers just kind of go biblically. And I, and I will say um, there is a lot more that I want to think about this to the point where I would not say I have a full answer yet. I don't have a fully satisfactory answer at the moment. Mm-hmm. I will gladly admit that, but I do have some thoughts around it. Um, so this is not a like cohesive answer. It will sound cohesive answer because that's the way I think about things. That's the way I talk, but it is not yet actually a cohesive answer to me. Um, Back at Biola, uh, I was a part of their, here at USC, it's called the thematic option. At Biola, they called it Tory Honors Program. Okay. Uh, so instead of doing the GEs, I read through the great books of human history, and we got to discuss them for like three hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Another great way to learn how to ask good questions. Um, Tory was a great way to help me ask good questions and to talk less, which if people know me, they know I already talk a lot, so <laughs> imagine how much I used to talk. It was, again, younger Samuel, a lot more prideful. Um, and so... Oh, at Biola in Tory, you would do a, each year, so you, each semester, you would have either a project or a paper. Um, you could only do one project each year, so you could do, and then your freshman year, you had to do two papers. Mm-hmm. It's getting, it's meeting the writing requirement, um, but you could write the paper on any of the books you had read up to that point in Tory, and it could be on any topic you wanted in that. You would meet up with your mentor, you'd give them a paper proposal, you'd be like, hey, I want to write it on this. And then they would say yes or no, and you'd tweak it and do whatever. And then you'd write your paper on it. My f- sophomore, 
sophomore year. Gosh, was it? Maybe it was the end of my... No, it was my sophomore year because we read... We read Confessions by Augustine, beginning of sophomore year. It was the first book that we read. Mm. During that discussion, the professor that we had uh, absolutely loved the man. He's known for being a little bit strong-willed in terms of where he wants to go with session and kind of going that direction. Um, we'll have a professor who comes in for session, for a three-hour session. They will ask a question about the book. And we'll spend three hours answering that question and discussing it. Um, he's known for, he'll ask a question, he kind of has a route he wants to go, and if you get on that route, it goes really well, because he's like super supportive, and it goes awesome, he's really excited, but if you don't go the route, sometimes things get a little wonky, mm -hmm. um, but again, great guy, but he's known for that a little bit. So we're doing Confessions by Augustine, and we get to, at a certain point, the question, who should you confess to? Who should you be willing to confess to? Mm -hmm. The professor's point and his objective, I think, really was to push oh, you, you should be willing and can be willing to confess to whoever, like to anyone um, within, Christ, like within Christian circles, someone who is able to support you in godly encouragement and admonishment and that like, you should be able to confess to any of them. Um, uh, so we were discussing that and I looked at him and uh, I, asked him, I asked him this. I was like, so... You would confess the same to your wife as to a stranger on the street. Made them stop, pause, hardcore. <laughs> Afterward, I talked to some friends and they're like, yeah, you got it. Like, you just, you hit the nail on the head and it made him freeze. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what to do with that. Um, and he eventually kind of like, he responded to that and kind of swung around it. Um, kind of saying like, oh, but the opportunity may not come up for every stranger. So like, you should be willing to, but it's not like you need to. Like, it's not like you aggressively try to, but you have to be willing to. So it's like, that's the difference, um, at least in his mind. Um, but I, I was very intrigued by this, so I actually wrote my paper on, my paper for that semester, um, my sophomore fall, was on um, the spiritual discipline of confession. Mm. Um, I was like, because I grew up in a non-denominational church, very, probably very close to Southern Baptist, uh, not quite, but pretty close and so um, confession just it was talked about but not not really extensively and so I was like huh confession is something we're called to as Christians but yet it's a spiritual discipline that is not discussed very often what are the proper boundaries and the proper means of confession biblically um, so I, I wrote on it and that I believe has informed a bit about how I determine people answering questions because Biblically, it seems as though there's a couple things laid out. Um, confession, first off, as I mentioned before, is primarily between um, fellow Christians. Um, I, I've had stuff where, like, I had a guy at work, a manager, absolutely loved the guy, um, but he asked me, he said, uh, he asked me, like, what's one? Oh, because I asked him this question first. I asked him, what's the most crazy thing you've ever done? That's another one of my favorites. Um, and then he asked it to me back, so I answered. Um, but my answer was about a time in which I was confessing to someone um, about some stuff I had done. And it was absolutely terrifying when I did it. But um, it was around some stuff that, as a non-Christian, my manager, like, I, and I said this, like, I literally was like, now, I know you're not Christian, so no, like, and I totally get what I'm about to say, probably seems like not that big of a deal. Because what I was doing to a non-Christian, eh, big whoop. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine. Um, but for me as a Christian, I'm like, no, this is very, like, it's very important. So 
confessing to other Christians is very important because they will hold you to the standard that we're called to as Christians. Yeah. Versus confessing to a non-Christian, that's it's not confession. Yeah. It's just not because they aren't holding you to that standard. Um, so that's one point of it. The second part of it is, I think confession really. How do I phrase it? Confession is around something that you are currently dealing with and currently seeking to overcome. Yeah. And that's another big deal is time. How far removed are you from what the answer is? How far removed? So that's why um, I, I, like, I, I would ask, I'd be willing to ask someone, hey, what is, like, yeah, I'd be willing to ask pretty much anyone. I would be willing to ask it. If they'd answer or not, that's up to them. But I'd be willing to ask just about anyone, um, hey, what was, like, what was one of the biggest things you struggled with in elementary school or something like that? Because there's a large removal mm-hmm. of that for, for us. I would not ask anyone, what are you, like, what's the biggest thing you're currently dealing with? Yeah. That's a whole different question because of the time gap. So I think there is a limited group in who we confess to, and I think there's a time frame in which it expands the group um, that we're, we ought to be willing to tell it to. Um, and, and part of the reason, but, but I think in both cases though, the, the group expands and contracts depending upon several factors, whether it be time, um, severity, um, I think something that's more severe oftentimes can require more people um, severity, um, what it is, um, there's a lot of things, but, and I think it's primarily around sin as well. Yeah. Um, I think things beyond sin, I think, and I'll get to that here in a second, that's why I'm using confession is also confessing sin. You aren't confessing just anything, it's like, confession's around sin, um, and I think sin is kind of one of those things where it's really, that's where I think there's limitations, um, but ultimately, I think, this is true about sin, and this is also true about Else, elsewise, but ultimately, because of Christ's payment, there is no guilt nor shame over those things, mm-hmm. and so confession is something we should seek out and should strive for. Yeah, even if it's a limited group, even if it's a smaller group, but it's something that we should definitely strive for. So that's confession. And I think that's where my limitation is in terms of questions. I would not ask a question where the answer is a confession. That I think is the limitation. Um, on the alternative, the other thing that I, I think biblically I've run into is testimonies. Now, testimony typically in Christian circle is like, ah, your life. Like, you know, how has God worked in your life? Which I think is the great way to put it. A question that asks about someone's testimony, every time, anyone, I don't care who it is, I will absolutely ask that. And I think anyone there should be willing to answer any of those questions to anyone in most circumstances. I think some of them are tougher than others, absolutely. Um, and I think for some of you, I think you can choose to answer. I think that's okay. I'm not... I don't think it's like, oh, how dare you not answer? Um, but the the amount to which our stories, our experiences, the way that God has worked in our lives can help encourage others, admonish others, um, demonstrate God's glory to others. I believe that those stories and those answers are something that we should be willing to give as Christians. Yeah. Because the way that God's worked in our lives doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. And 
the, like one of the times biblically where if you ever talk to someone about prayer, you know, like does God, like does our prayer change God's mind? Classic story is whenever Moses prayed to God to be like, hey, relent from destroying Israel, please. And God's like, all right. And, and apparently it says, and God turned from like destruction of Israel. It's like, wait, what? But Moses in his prayer, he he said a couple things. He said, like, you, you're, the, like, you're the God of their fathers. Like, come on. And then one of the things he said, he said, he, he said, like, how do you phrase it? He said, the nations will say, their God took them into the wilderness to destroy them. The acts of God that we have seen, that we have known, that we have recognized are a testimony to who God is. God gives those to us, one, that we may know who he is, but two, that we might be able to let others know who he is. And the re and, and one, apparently, in Moses' prayer, one of the reasons um, was that the impression from the nations would be God brought the Israelites, his chosen people, out to destroy them, and that's why mm -hmm. he brought them out of Egypt. Not for their salvation, but for their destruction. And so, questions that bring our testimony as to who the God is, absolutely we'll ask those. So I think that's kind of my distinction, is I, as I try to think the answer someone's giving, or the question I'm asking, is this bringing out a testimony to who God is and what he's done in their lives? Um, and, and getting to know someone is a part of that testimony. Because um, mm -hmm. as you get to know them, more things come about through that. Or is it a question that is going to push or bring out confession around current sin or around that topic? Um, the first, I think, absolutely is free game. Someone can choose not to answer, and that's okay. But I think it's free game to ask. Yeah. The other is where I get a little more careful. Yeah. Um, I and, and, and that's where oh sorry and lastly that's where that conversation that the person was upset about I think it, it it didn't go extensively into it but it touched on feelings of bitterness that they were still struggling with uh, and it it pushed into that area as you mentioned with the girl you talked with you're it's scary because you're pushing on areas that were that you're perceiving that others wouldn't ask about or others wouldn't notice yeah and oftentimes, those are areas of, that are needed for confession. But the fact that you were the one, from their perspective, pulling confession out first is what's scary. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, like, if I get to that point where I'm, like, right on the cusp of, like, ooh, this confession, I didn't tip well, there was this. I'll be like, hey, I have another question. I don't want you to answer it, though. Like, I don't want you to answer it. I don't want to ask this to you. I don't want you to think about it. And if you have an answer, I, I think, I don't think I need to hear the answer, but I think you could... Quite possibly, I think it'd be good for you to tell someone else the answer, mm -hmm. something you're closer with. And then I will ask the question like that. I'm totally fine doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have to be okay not knowing what happens following that. But it's okay to ask that question. But but explain to them, I don't think I need to know the answer to this. I should not hear what you're about to say. Mm -hmm. But I think you should tell someone else depending upon what the answer is. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, good perspective. That's my thought around yeah. answering questions. Yeah, I think like that's like a, a good like I think people often conflate like vulnerability into all just like this one like big soupy thing, but I think the mm -hmm. like it's very distinct of like testifying to what God has done, but also like confessing of like what God is currently doing in me. Um, like, mm -hmm. I think that's uh, yeah. very much like mm -hmm. I've seen that in like my whole Obadiah phase. Basically, Obadiah identity crisis, um, feeling like it wasn't worth uh, anything, uh, that kind of thing. Um, so create another persona for that 
Um, but, you know, Jesus um, gives me my worth and value, and that was something I had to learn and, like, understand and accept um, my identity in him. And basically, for, like, the first semester of my freshman year, I was, like, this lying persona of, of Obadiah and, like, a totally different person. And, like, during that time, like, you know, like, I, I wasn't talking to people about that, but, like, now, um, like, I will literally, like, share that to anyone and everyone, and, like, I, I don't care. And I feel like, for me, I'm, like, comfortable with that because um, that's, like, to, like, God's glory of how he's worked in, in my life. And, like, that's something where, like, um, I remember, like, on the Instagram takeover for challenge on the first day of school, like, I shared that in the thing. And, like, people were, like, oh, my gosh, show, like, thank you for, like, being vulnerable and sharing. But I feel like for that, like, that's, like, something natural and, like, easy now because, like, I, it's, like, a celebration almost of, like, look at what God has done. And also, like, I think that's something that, like, I should be sharing um, mm-hmm. to, like, help, like, encourage and, like, mm-hmm. um, possibly there's, there might be other Obadiahs out there. Um, yep. So. Mm-hmm. And also it, uh, and you, you know this story, but there have been guys where they're not Christian and, and I've gotten to tell them my story about coming to USC um, with leaving a lot of friendships and not having as much interaction with them um, and going through a breakup of a relationship that I've been in for two years and then now getting to look at guys who, as I said, aren't Christian and look at them in the face and be like, like the breakup in particular, I'm like, that was a good thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like that was a good thing. And they're like, was she bad? I'm like, no, she was great. And they're like, wait, then how is it like, how is it a good thing? Like, like, and so it's a testimony to what God has done. Um, and that's a witness to who he is and how the things in which we're like, what the heck? There's no way that's good. We're, we're, we're both reminding other Christians and encouraging them. Hey, there are times in which things will happen. And you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? But trust me, it's good because this was. And for non-Christians, we're able to do that, and they get to look at it and they're like, "Yo, something's weird here. Mm-hmm. Something's off." Because, <laughs> because they're like, "Who describes a breakup after two years of dating, in which the, you got broken up with, and you didn't want it really at all, and you end up in a spot where you're not talking with anyone that you know, and you know absolutely nobody, so you have no real emotional support net? How the heck was that good?" Mm. And well, let me tell you. Exactly. Um, but being willing to share that, being willing to talk about that. At which at the at the beginning part probably I I shared but not as much detail just because it really wasn't needed and it was more of there was some stuff I was working through then that I just didn't need to share as much because I was working through that so I shared with fewer people mm-hmm. but now I'm like ah oh, I can share more of that stuff because I'm like now I'm further from it and it can be good for others mm-hmm. that's good yeah. asking questions is not just about asking good questions it's also knowing about how to help people answer well mm. and when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's good well this conversation has also been good um, it, yeah. just like a last little question um, for you okay. what's a question that you want to leave listeners at home with to do the you think about that <laughs> you think about it and if you if you have an answer tell someone that you trust because it's going to be a good answer we'll each give them a question okay do you have one if you have, for me if you have one go for it I'm going to think about mine by the end of this year what's something that you'll wish that you spent more time doing hmm One other quick note before I ask my question. Um, I think another thing about questions, and this is for me, it might be true for you, so you say yes, that's true for you, but uh-huh. I think a lot of the times my questions come out of what's also currently going on in my life, which is part of the reason why I want people to ask them back. Because mm-hmm. um, I want to, because I think I ask questions about things that are personally because that helps me care more. Um, 
don't know if that's true for you. Maybe you just ask. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh huh. But, but I often find myself coming up with questions that relate to what's happening with me. Um, so, in any case, I just said that because the question came to mind that I was like, oh, that relates to what's going on now. Oh, of course. Um, so you said, what, what would you want to spend more time on throughout the year? Um, my question that I leave you with is, um, let me rephrase it. And let me say it once and I'd be like, actually, let me rephrase it. But what, what is a activity, hobby, person, work, job, school, kids, take your pick. What is currently in your life that serves as a distraction from your problems and issues that you are unwilling to face? And what can you do to cut that out so you can actually work on those problems and issues? Mm. Yeah. I think that's the best way to phrase it. Some good questions to think about. Mm-hmm. And good ones to talk about with people you trust and are close with. Yep. Because they can help you out with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Sam, thank you for coming on the podcast. Always um, down. It was fun, dude. Mm-hmm. I think I'll have to have you on another time. I'm uh, down. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know something else? Who knows? Dude. Yeah. This was the Tie Five Podcast with Sam Askew. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.